Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is Mixmaster George, your foreman on this funky sound forge, and we are here to arouse and excite you by engaging in the erotic act of talking about video games. With me in here is Jimmy, who is always awesome. Can I just point out the fact that you said George, your foreman? Yeah. Yeah, George, George, <laughs> your foreman on this funky sound forge. That's great. And who are you, anyway. Jimmy? <laughs> My name is Jimmy. You might also know me as Sunder on TOVG, the TOVG uh, forums, also on YouTube. And uh, I make videos about level design stuff, and I'm here to help George be the foreman. Mm-hmm. And we also have Satchel, who's astonishing and is here to help me be George. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Satchel. Um, I also make content on the internet. Unimportant. What's important <laughs> right now is George and how foreman he is. Yes. We uh, also have, for the first time, a man named Jordan. Jordan underneath, who is here. Uh, who are you, Jordan? <laughs> I make Jordan videos. Um, I, don't, I, I live in the basement. That's actually true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't it's a, it's not believe you. <laughs> well, you should you should not not believe him. You so should. anyways. <laughs> I, wait, I should or shouldn't or I should shouldn't. You should believe him. You is what I was trying not. to say. Okay, I'm going to start not not believing. Great. The topical discussion that we'll hold ourselves <laughs> to this week is going to be about bombshell announcements. We are switching to a one-day turnaround this week so that we can get this stuff out faster and make the news a bit more current. Mm -hmm. And because we had two weeks in that case to plan this one, we have a lot to talk about. And mm. over the past two weeks, a lot of big money announcements have been made. Some game-changing announcements have been made, and a actual literal bombshell announcement has been made, which is Hooray. why it's the, uh, the theme of this week. Yes, yes. First topic is the game called Bombshell, <laughs> which Wonderful. was on... Um, announced last week, actually, on the May 15th. It's a mm -hmm. project by 3D Realms and Interceptor Entertainment, who made last year's Rise of the Triad reboot, which wasn't uh, universally well-received. <laughs> and I'm guessing we we've all seen the trailer here, right? 
Yes, I have. Yeah. It was uh regrettably. It, it was it was a trailer. What what did what did we all think of that, guys? I thought that I was very confused by why they were using like very not deep like not good graphics to do like a very like slow-mo cool guy trailer. Yeah. Like, it seemed like they were using like the game engine but like a not finished version of it. <laughs> And but so, like, I mean, I understand, it, like, okay, it's an early announcement, but at the same time, like, put some polish on it before you, like, check this out. Because then, like, yeah. I'm just, like, the whole time I was, like, that's kind of looks like a kind of looks like a launch day 360 game graphics. Well, I think something should be said for Bombshell's tactical armor she has on. <laughs> or, I mean, or it's lack thereof. Like, it's yeah. it's such a weird it's, it's character not like design Samus with her uh, overcompensating armor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's on the opposite end of that spectrum because it's still like though. Yeah, it, no, the Jimmy haircut. You mean? Is, okay, whoa, 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 hang on. Is it <laughs> is it a Skrillex cut or is it a mohawk? Do oh, we I'd know? Call it a, I'd call it's, it. A it's not cut. a mohawk. Touché. I definitely wouldn't call that it is a quite mohawk. The technicality. Uh, have you seen a mohawk like a real mohawk when it hasn't been like done up yet? Because it looks oh, exactly like that. It, I guess it could be, because I have, actually. I guess so. It's kind I've of actually been. I've actually been told that I have a nice mohawk by, like at a punk show one time with this haircut, and I was like, thanks, dude. And I just like didn't let him know that he was wrong. But, so w- what is it called when instead of having like a narrow strip for a mohawk, you just mm-hmm. have like one half of your head really spiky and your other half bald? Uh... Liberty Spikes it's would that called be called that dude in the Blink 182 video that we all <laughs> forgot oh yeah and that's that's like <laughs> bringing up another point about this character design it's like unfortunately retro right yeah oh yeah yeah and no like I saw I was looking at the comments on YouTube and there, there was one that was like why <laughs> oh, even really? make her a woman if you're just going to sexualize her like that <laughs> I was like mm. yeah well, pretty much yeah. I, I think I think the YouTube trailer I saw had the comments turned off <laughs> oh. I mean oh, yes. I mean if I was to release said trailer and this was my game I'd probably turn the comments off too <laughs> and um okay so we've we've talked about how for a teaser, they didn't really they they revealed maybe a bit too much about the unfortunate truth behind the quality of the assets and the design of the character and um yeah, yeah. also the the circumstances that led up to it are like another story in and of itself. Like this mm-hmm. is a um a product of uh, Gearbox buying the Duke Nukem universe. Bombshell is actually a character from the Duke Nukem universe in like the weirdest way. Yeah. She was supposed to be the sidekick in a canceled 1998 version of Duke Nukem Forever, wow, who briefly God. showed up in one trailer from 1998 <laughs> and uh when Gearbox bought over the Duke Nukem li- uh, license, the character rights or whatever right, right. Yeah, that yeah. they needed to make sure that any other company wouldn't make a Duke Nukem game, they already <laughs> were making a Duke Nukem game that was going to be a top-down action RPG like this, but now they they have to dig something out of their closet that isn't necessarily part of the Duke Nukem universe, but is close enough to appeal to the same fans. And I don't mm. exactly know if... If that's gonna work at all, like who are it's, are are they appealing to Duke Nukem fans or someone yeah, else? Is, is the Duke Nukem fan base that <laughs> does it still exist? They, yeah, does it? I was gonna say, are they still well, alive? Yeah, I didn't want to be inappropriate, but essentially, in, no, yes. no, I mean, are they, I mean, are they in are, that deep 
still <laughs> that they even know who this woman is? I mean, I, I would like... I, would, I think I would rightfully assume that after Duke Nukem Forever, a lot of people were just like, all right, well, that's probably not going to ever be like a real thing again. And they probably moved on. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think they're process. expecting they're, they're fans to the recognize same room her. With the Shaq Fu crowd. <laughs> Quite. You <laughs> mean with Shaq? Yes, with, with just Shaq. Just Shaq. Shaq buying his own stretch goal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We spent at least 20 minutes party. talking about that last time. <laughs> like, it is such a, a we, the weirdest testament to Duke Nukem's tenacity yeah. that this 12-year-old game, Duke Nukem Forever, that, like, seemed to be, seemed to have a joke in its title about how it was never going to come out, yeah. ended up coming out, and now they're, like, they want so badly to keep making them that they end up digging Duke skeletons out of the closet. Like, I don't know. I consider... I don't know if I should consider myself a Duke Nukem fan or not. I played the shit out of Duke Nukem 3D, and I, w I had the time of my life with it. And that was in, like, 2008 when it was way past its prime. It's aged right. really well, but I didn't know who Bombshell was. I had to look it up, and I laughed my ass off when I found out. <laughs> yeah. The fact that she's, like, the side character in, like, a side thing and also is, like absolutely nothing like what the current bombshell looks like it's oh it's, yeah it's actually quite similar to the way that daria spawned off of beavis and butthead because <laughs> she was <laughs> a character from beavis and butthead and then it just became something else entirely yeah it totally yeah. reminded me of i just love like this whole graphical kit is just like a rip from everything <laughs> like, the typeface is like metal gear revengeance her costume design is like mid '90s rebellion. Like it's just, it's, oh, it's just like a series of bad habits. I love. Well, it. Have you heard the funny thing about the music on the website from the Bombshell? music that plays when you don't want it to? If you go to bombshellgame.com, there's autoplay music, and it's like, it's like oh. '90s action film trailer. Like it's the it's clean the, it's the stuff that was playing in the club at the Matrix. Oh God, <laughs> it, it would be <laughs> the. Okay. the I was oh, going to say the, the funny thing about like Duke, Duke Nukem is I actually I didn't grow up with it. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up with Quake, which actually came before Duke Nukem, which really surprised me when I looked up videos because I'm like, we're going to talk about Duke Nukem. I better look at it. Uh -huh. I never <laughs> even played it. And I was like looking up old critic reviews of when it came out and how it was like a really big deal. And uh -huh. one quote said the game that Quake should have been. And I was looking at it and I wanted to ask uh -huh. you guys, like, what, 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 what was so uh -huh. special about it? Because it looks like something that would have come before Quake. No, yeah. it does, because um, it's a sprite shooter and Quake is a polygonal shooter. They came out the same year, actually. I don't know which one came first, but the difference between them is is like almost negligible. Like Duke was basically, I guess, working on older tech than Quake, but that's also like mm. kind of fa a fallacy to say because they both came out the same year, right? Okay, but anyways, um, like I consider, I don't know, have any of you guys played Duke 3D? I, I never played Duke Nukem. Nope. Ah, okay, mm. well then I guess it's up to me to uh, defend it. And, Carry the and torch, George. Because it has not... <laughs> the legacy <laughs> has not been respected. Um, I, I basically consider it like the peak of the iteration of the Doom clones. Like, it totally is a Doom clone. I think um, some of the bad guys actually use the same royalty-free sound effects that Doom used. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> no, like, like, what it was, was them having three good years of Doom game design to work off of to kind of perfect the formula of that game. Like, really vertical radial levels that spiraled on top of one another that had keys and secrets that also um... 
kind of funneled the player in the right way without them really knowing. And one of its quote unquote revolutionary features that I think has kind of been blown out of proportion since then is that they used assets that made it a bit more grounded in the real world. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that's silly to say nowadays is because we go back and look at it and it's um, it looks like doom <laughs> nothing about it looks realistic yeah, yeah but i guess i guess it made people feel a bit more of a rush when they were rushing through something that looked like a city street rather than the ambiguous hellscape of of uh doom and quake yeah well um, see yeah i think that's the reason i never played it was because Quake scared me as a kid, and I was always attracted to <laughs> mm-hmm. things that like creeped me yeah. out. So yeah, I, I had a demo CD that had Shadow Warrior on it when I was a kid, and I couldn't play it for like past the first five minutes. Like it was the the dumbest, <laughs> stupidest balls out action thing. But I was like six, so it looked like a horror game to me. That's how I felt about Fear. But Fear <laughs> actually is a horror game, right? It was, yeah. it was supposed to be. <laughs> it never scared me. It's, I don't know. It's it's a a damn, a... I played in the morning, like at 10 a.m. Oh the first time. <laughs> I had one of those. First of all, I had a compact Presario. That's what I was playing mm. it on. And <laughs> this was before USB was a standard. So I had like one of those. I had the mice with like the pins. The keyboards oh, had God. the pins too. And I got scared. Like I got scared so bad. I pulled my hand back. With my mouse in my hand, and it just bent all the pins. It was game over. Oh my gosh. Oh, no. you know, if I played that when I was younger, I would have been terrified of it. So, Like, I- I'm so glad that fear came into my life at the right age. I think I was 16. So it was like before I was too old to be a cynical bastard about all the like shooty marine manly stuff about it. But also Uh like I could take it at face value, but also get scared by it to a certain level that I don't think I could anymore Uh because it's a damn good shooter. Like I would say it's a damn good way more of a quality shooter than it is a quality horror game. But yeah, that's like one of that's how I've always seen it, honestly. Yeah. So and we're talking about remembering stuff from mm-hmm. earlier in our lives and how fondly do we remember music on websites that play automatically oh, I, I remember it not fondly really? though Freaking MySpace. Yeah. I had a Zanga I, was, I remember oh. during that time I was super into development and it just the coolest thing was going to different sites and seeing people's different Zanga themes and pulling all the code <laughs> that you liked and I had like a I had a Christmas specific Zanga with like HTML snow falling, and I would have like some kind of oh anime winter wish song playing when you visited the oh, site. That, it was sounds, that sounds saccharine. Or those like <laughs> things that would like follow your mouse. Yeah, I had yeah, little like yeah, those. little sparkles. Some <laughs> those were mar- the coolest thing gifts. when you were like eight years old. <laughs> it's now that you bring them up, it's shocking that this website doesn't have those things. But it it does like it looks so weird seeing a website. We're back back in Bombshell, where it looks so weird seeing a website in 2014 that mm-hmm. has that auto playing music. It actually has a looping GIF of the character halfway through the page. Like at least at least at, at this point in history, they've figured out not to uh, not to tile the background. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like the <laughs> that one thing pain. that this Bombshell website doesn't have. Like. It's, but it does have it's this bandwidthy bit... gif next to the about section, which yeah. brings me back. And like, I, I don't know. I can handle gifs. I can't handle music. Like, if they actually are trying to make a comedy game out of um making fun of old tropes, it is awfully hard to tell. I think their marketing because... team still uses AOL keywords. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't even had to think about those for oh like God. 12 years. 
Ah, oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, like Blood Dragon. A couple of years ago, they announced right. Blood Dragon on an April Fool's Day, and it was very clearly, very clearly marketed as a um, kitschy product that would make humor out of old, not very well remembered. Uh, crap from the past yeah Yeah. like i don't know if i want to call them tropes or stereotypes but things that have not lasted probably fall into the stereotype category better like that website had blue and white frames Uh with with low resolution jpeg thumbnails and um I, i don't know like it was it was okay because you could actually tell that they were being a joke and with bombshell it's it's hard to tell yeah, I mean, like, okay, you said earlier that Duke Dukem Forever had, like, possibly unintentional pun in the title about it, like, never coming out, you know? It's, I would have loved it if it never came out. Like, right. it, well, it like, would still be funny instead of sad. Like, I feel like in the same vein, they might be going for pun in the title with this whole bombshell thing, you know, implying that, like, this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, they're dropping the bombshell announcement on us, but, like... It's not like I actually I actually would not have heard about this if you didn't specifically point it out in in like the email about topics about what we're talking about. And the the only reason I did is because it's hilarious. It's funny to talk about. Like, I don't think anyone's actually looking forward to the game. Yeah, like, I don't even know if anyone's like talking about it. Like, I I don't think I would have heard about it. Okay. And (laughs) another another sticking point is that it's like not even an FPS. Like the next. No, it's a it's a. Action RPG. It's a top-down, yeah. And oh, really? Yeah. Like I how? Did not know that. How shameful is it that this is what the Duke Nukem IP is at? Like instead this of is... ripping off Doom, they're ripping off Diablo now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess and... I'd rather Bombshell be a different. I don't know. I, like part of me is happy it's a different genre, so that at least it's not like trying to live up to classic yeah, I can expectations. See that. I can definitely see but that. But nowadays, there's like more of a market than that. Like I. I, I, I guess I could always use Blood Dragon as an example of people wanting a really stupid shooter that doesn't take itself seriously, which is what Duke Nukem was, and it's what it did, it's what it did good at. Sorry, Bombshell well, makes me emotional. Um, well, you know what's funny, though, is that Blood Dragon is the stupid shooter that doesn't take itself seriously, but it's based off of a stupid shooter that does take itself too seriously. Oh my Mark gosh. Mark 3 took itself way too seriously for what it was. Like, I was expecting to get the joke when I was playing <laughs> Far Cry 3 to understand what Blood Dragon has to do with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, as it turns out, nope. It was it was uh, just a joke of a not joke. Like, I mean, granted, the, like Far Cry 3 was very fun, but it just like it, it got it like got super serious and super like trying to be very emotional and stuff. Yeah, and, and, like, and the stuff it was trying to be emotional of could have easily been turned into a joke, but the writer was like, "No, you guys, we got to be, we got to make a, an emotional statement about the psyche of the player." Right. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about it. Like, I mean, I didn't beat it, but mm-hmm. yeah, the intro and everything was like really dramatic. But I kind of thought it was just trying to be like. I don't know. I hadn't played any Far Cry games before that, so yeah, I didn't know what well, to expect. It has nothing to do with any of the other yeah. Far Cry games. Like Far really? Cry is now, yeah, it might as well be called like Jungle Shooter because that's basically what, yeah, it, it, that's what the Far, the Far Cry name means. It means <laughs> it's a shooter published by Ubisoft that takes place in a jungle, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Bombshell wasn't uh 
exactly a bombshell announcement, but it no. was also literally a bombshell announcement. We are going to move on to an actual bombshell announcement, a big uh, oh God. pseudo-important console war. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah, we're going to the console wars. Uh, last uh, week on May 13th, Microsoft mm-hmm. announced that they are removing the $60 a year gold paywall requirement for using Netflix and Hulu on the Xbox 360. Wonderful. About a week later, they also announced that they are going to be selling a new Xbox One SKU that does not have the Kinect included. Yes. Which is going to be a hundred dollars cheaper? Yeah, I know. And I'm like, is that a good thing? Well, of course it is a good thing, but it also it, it feels kind of shitty of them. Yeah, no, it is. It is less than kind of. It is well, definitely also, shitty of them. Yeah, and bad timing as well. Yeah, really bad timing. It's just. It makes like, me really curious to know what their four year plan was for having the connect sell with their xbox 360 i mean with the xbox right. four year plan turn into like a four month plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it did but it, i mean now more than ever it's clear that the connect definitely wasn't a requirement and that it definitely wasn't a by all means tether, like absolutely tethered to their vision of releasing this next gen console kind of thing yeah i wonder what they wanted to do like was it just for the means of collecting information or uh, well, you know, what's fascinating. And this is the way I kind of saw it was um, this is probably the biggest difference between Nintendo and Microsoft is like Nintendo's got the Wii U and they were so proud of it and excited. And they're just keep they just keep going, even though it's failing, like mm-hmm. they're really consistent with it. Like they want to keep making games for it. They want it to at least be a chapter of their story. But like with Xbox, I kind of see this as them admitting defeat. Like, because they were so excited about the Kinect being a part of the Xbox One and becoming, like, a part of regular... Well, they have to sound excited about it, because that's their job. Yeah, well, true. Yeah. I mean, who knows how they... Actually... And, and also, <laughs> the Kinect originally, I think that um hit the market around, was it 2010 or 2011? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Like that's a good a good year before the Wii U and well true it's but gonna even be back really then, weird they, like, if they the, thought it was gonna be yeah. the big next thing yeah because they were trying wasn't. to everyone at the time was trying to rip off of the Wii's motion controls and right. no one except the Wii was able to efficiently sell motion controls including the new Wii U itself um but that was I don't know that one's less about motion controls than it is yeah the uh, the so screen like, and the yeah, controller right. but it's gonna be weird if history does does turn out that the Wii U has a longer lifespan than the Kinect both the Xbox so and the 360 version uh, yeah and, and it's not like anyone would be sad about it it's just like they <laughs> completely the exposed thing. it as a way to inflate the cost of this console yeah and, and it's also like Xbox Gold the next gen for connect for i don't know but there's never been a good one <laughs> well and i was thinking Here. like um like what, what i was gonna go into with that was would you rather like this is probably good news because if you'd rather xbox be like nintendo it just keep carrying it out even though it's failing and nobody wants it that uh-huh. would probably just be more irritating than them like giving you an option to not even have it I guess you could spin it as good news because, yay, the console's $100 cheaper, but it still feels like shit to see them expose this device as something that it doesn't believe in and just existed as a way to jack the price up $100. True, yeah. Yeah, and because you because you mentioned, because you asked, uh, I believe it was Satchi asked, uh, I'm looking through a list of all Xbox One titles right now, and the amount of them that are 
both highlighted for exclusive to, through the Xbox One and Connect supported is so incredibly small. <laughs> like I don't know Dead if... Rising Three is supported and exclusive. Fable Legends. Uh, oh, these are like better with Connect. Yeah, like this, these aren't even like Connect exclusive. Wait for the lag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are like Zoo type. Wait, wait, no. Xbox Fitness. There you go. There's your one. There's yeah. There's the one. There. Got it. Well, no, that's the only like type of people it's gonna appeal to, or people who want to use it to work out with. Right, but like <laughs> I'm not buying. Those people my... are probably so, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but just in a take the word at face value way. They're probably yeah. so casual that they're disinterested. They're probably satisfied with what they already have. Yeah, <laughs> like they wanted Wii Fit and they have it, and if they're still committed to it, they're just using that program and they're okay with yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's that was, why yeah sorry go on no i'm sorry I well that's why i saw it as good news is because that's why i like think the connect should be optional because the only people yeah. who are gonna want it are people who want to work out with it just like we fit right yeah. right i'm kind of enjoying the caricature that it draws up of how unimaginative like microsoft's r&d team is for the connect <laughs> because it's almost like the connect got tacked on as this like end of lifespan accessory that was supposed to be revolutionary like after Microsoft had a chance to look at the success of the Wii which yeah, by yeah. the way the technology for the Wii was presented to them before they dropped the Xbox 360 and they laughed in the guy's face who like was yeah. having it and it's interesting that they kept it saying oh no yeah you guys like this right guys right guys uh-huh. right guys and no one's interested and they're like JK <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's it's silly the whole situation is silly the whole the whole connect thing since pretty much day one has just been like like they started strong with big promises right at the end of the 360s life's like big cycle and then like as soon as they delivered the connect and it like didn't deliver yeah, on its promises they were just like they were just like all right we'll just tack this onto the next system so we can get rid of them and that's like practically what it looks like <laughs> and they never released the demo of of the talking tiger that you could be friends with, with oh my god yeah that's what i'm talking about they had all those demos of that like weird xbox kid that you can like be a parent to (laughs) right and then they just like (laughs) and they're like that never was a thing and then we got like connect your homework (laughs) no cookies until you finish your math there's like this old creepy woman who was like so into that like dude i need a connect don't even go there dude don't even go down that road i don't even want to talk about this okay and what about what about the xbox live paywall like i don't know if either of you guys have an xbox 360 lying around but i do i very rarely use it i like only play metal gear solid on it and nothing else but that that whole xbox live paywall thing like that was a huge turnoff to turning me off not from the xbox itself but like console gaming in general like mm-hmm. a thing that has netflix and and internet explorer and hulu on it like cannot yeah. use them the same as a pc hooked up to the tv which i have right next to my xbox well without um, me paying 60 dollars a year for it like it for like years. here's the thing as a long time as a long time 360 owner uh, and someone who's had uh, a live subscription pretty much since I got my 360, I have always been supportive of the of the paywall, specifically no. for games though. For the Netflix, Hulu, no. and all that, that's it- like a good tack on. But like, I, I always kind of go back to this. I think it's it might be an like an example that's a bit too old now to be any relevant anymore. But like. Like PlayStation 3's big sell was at the like oh free online, and then they got hacked. 
and True, it was like a worldwide yeah. like news story that like PlayStation's networks got like wrecked and right. so much information was stolen and that never happened with the yeah, 360 I was stuff as far as when that happened right i mean like as a as like at the time an xbox fanboy i was like see i told you but <laughs> like what? like no, i don't know it's can't. just sorry no, <laughs> no i because all i'm gonna do is is talk about the beauty of the master race like i grew up <laughs> never having to pay for any of these services like in 2003 like i was a little shit i was like 13 <laughs> years old or 12 or something and even then i looked at that xbox live 50 dollars at the time and i was like what what bullshit oh, is no, that no i'm right up there with you like Actually, i mean no, i used my well. xbox i used it a lot and i frequented it until the ps3 like won my heart over it Actually, i really because wish- of that originally I really wish I bought a PS3 at the beginning of last gen because like it had no games for like the first year. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll buy an Xbox. It looks like the Xbox is going to be the one that'll uh, that'll last it out this gen, and that didn't. Uh, that's not how it turned out. Well, I don't know. Okay, like, I think they're pretty equal. I mean, I think I, I, like I think the they PS3 both did. More. I think they both did very well. I think the PS3 is the one that's still selling consoles. I don't think anybody's buying a 360 anymore, but people are still buying PS3s, as far as I know. But like with the, the paywall, like as someone who still has an, a, a 360, still uses it daily for for Netflix and Hulu. Specifically, this paywall thing is only a benefit for me because like I don't play games on my 360 anymore because I don't really want to play like Halo 4 online or you know Gears 2 or whatever the heck I have on there. So like my wife uses it for Netflix and Hulu, and if we don't have to pay sixty dollars a year for that anymore and just pay for the Netflix and Hulu subscriptions. That's great. I'm happy with that. Yay. Yeah. Okay, like, the way I see it, like, I don't know how it is excusable. Like, mm. you could, if it supports an internet browser, right. it should right. be able to let you log into Netflix on that internet browser. Yeah, if you and- really <laughs> try to rationalize, it doesn't make too much sense. When I, Especially in I th- this day I thought, I thought paying for online was ridiculous during that the, fir- the initial Xbox generation. Mm-hmm. And then once I got a job, um, somehow uh, me and a couple of my friends, we split a family plan. So we ended up paying like, I think less than $20 combined right. to right. to share live for, I don't know, about three years. And uh-huh. the way that I kind of rationalized it, I mean, I was using it for online gameplay. So I kind of had a use that I was getting out of it. And I, I, I guess I thought for the most part, you were just getting reliable servers i don't know it's questionable but Mm -hmm. um the way i kind of rationalized it with netflix and hulu was that i'm getting properly qa'd apps because i saw like i think like in a lot of ways i could argue that the xbox and the ps3 were equal but i feel like the xbox had a far superior online experience like there was a lot more that and probably because of the paywall like people were getting like paid to like like put together quality upkeep like as far as the online experience is concerned and like connecting with friends and all the other social stuff um things that i'm sure a computer can do very well um (laughs) it um it it was there like there there were a lot things to do without the disc in your system versus ps3 i just kind of look at swirling dust and (laughs) that's That's about it and a really and a really laggy app store like with dropped frames and right right five seconds from pushing x to respond and do something like when i switched over i got a ps3 after my 360 and it was just essentially like a 
yeah, I'm just gonna get rid of live just because I don't know. I'm, I'm not playing games online as much, and even though I love my PS3, that's what I ended up keeping. I gave away my 360 to one of my coworkers. Like, I I can still say the the experience, the operating system is. It seems like a complete bottleneck versus what I was doing on the 360. Mm. Well, like I, I, I hate to bring the Wii up in this conversation, but <laughs> even the Wii, like despite the fact that there's no freaking Ethernet thing on the back you can just plug into the, you can uh, set it up with the internet and just watch netflix mm-hmm. i mean it's not something i would ever expect <sighs> to have to pay for because you already have to pay for internet as it is i mean not That's to mention just, uh, <laughs> expenses on expenses on expenses yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see. Um, the next uh, bombshell announcement in our <laughs> list has to hit close to home, actually. Oh. Google is uh, supposedly in early talks about buying Twitch TV. Yep. And this is a, a, a weird story that depends the the solidity, the, <laughs> the reliability mm-hmm. of the information is going to depend on which source you're looking at. Um, right. On the same day, both the Variety and Wall Street Journal, <laughs> speaking of paywalls, yeah. uh, both Variety and Wall huh. Street Journal reported very different stories about this. Variety says uh, that it has confirmed sources that YouTube has reached a $1 billion deal to buy Twitch. You know, YouTube being Google and Variety being a generally reliable news source. Like, they right. are way more legit than, like, I don't know, no offense to God, but you'd trust a report from them that doesn't confirm its sources more than a lot of uh, a lot of other sites out there that do something similar. And uh, Wall yeah, Street yeah. Journal, on the other hand, which is like a rock solid old guard news media publication, which is also a news corp company that got involved in a phone hacking scandal two years ago and owned by Rupert Murdoch, Fox News, whatever. Let's not get into yeah, that. Yeah. They released a story saying that Google was actually only in early talks about buying Twitch and that no deal had been solidified yet. And uh, so it's really speculative. It's um, it's a bit up in the air, but it carries implications that we're going to have to care about. And I don't think anyone thinks those implications are good implications. I do. I really? do as well. I'm looking yeah. forward to oh, okay. smaller delay time. We I'm might looking get for, that. Yeah. You might get I mean, something like, like one for one. <laughs> I, know, I know me and Satch are talking over each other right now, but like, as someone who's been a longtime Twitch user, as someone who watches streams regularly, I've subscribed to a streamer, uh, Lethal Frag. I support him because I think he's a great streamer. And there are a lot of great streamers that I wish I could support if I had, you know, more money to do that monthly. Like, ad revenue and subscriptions are not enough to make such a big site with so much bandwidth usage like Twitch a solid and a re- like reliable and stable site. When it gets into LCS, like the League the uh, League of Legends Championship Series and all that stuff, when those get to like the finals matches and there's, you know, two to 500,000 people watching that stream, everyone else's stream suffers for it. And it's like a running joke to be like, oh, you know, F the Twitch servers because, you know, pandering to, to League people all day. And like, it, it's kind of true, but at the same time, they just don't really have the resources to do anything else. With $1 billion, they might have the resources to do something else, you know? And I look forward to if this is a real thing, which, I mean, we can't say if it is or not, because we're getting mixed signals from news like news sites. If it's a real thing, I look forward to stability increasing. I look forward to possibly better features, chat that doesn't just go down for no reason, and, like, no dropped frames for no reason, like... It's something that I am actually actually very optimistic about. Suchel, what do you think? 
I concur. He <laughs> 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 pretty much said it all, honestly. I would love... I am I am curious to know how Twitch ran as long as it did, as successfully as it did. It just yeah. seems like a really expensive endeavor. Like, it is. It is yeah. a very expensive endeavor. And in in my head, whatever money they're making is, is fast money. So, I mean, yeah, to... To see them get the support of, I don't know, I guess a public company is, it seems beneficial for something like that. You know? Right, right. Um, but, oh, sorry. I, go for it. I don't use Twitch, but I, <laughs> I have wanted to in the past. Um, mm -hmm. The one reason I'm against, there's actually quite a few reasons I'm against it, but for one, just Google in general, mm -hmm. like... Monopolies are illegal, and just watching right. them like literally try to take over the world is like kind of freaking <laughs> me out. But um, I don't know. Just the the way they are like dealing with the interest of the common man and the whole like ad revenue thing. Yeah, that moving into the Twitch universe is kind of like worries me, especially for people who I don't know. No, I don't think anyone actually like makes a living off of Twitch, do they? Uh, Lethal Frag, the Some guy that people, I subscribe yeah. to. That it's a lot like YouTube, like the tippy top percent manage it. Yeah, um, the guy, the guy that I follow, Lethal Frag, he does, like, he has enough subscribers to do a subscriber only chat, and he streams five days a week for over eight hours every day that he streams. So he like uh, that's like his full time, full -time job. Me. Yeah, it is actually exactly a full time job for him. Um, and I, he, I guess I mean, it just kind of scares me, like the way that people's careers can be ruined on YouTube, like, right? If right, that evolves. No. I definitely know what you're saying, and I've heard a lot of that being like the the fear of this whole the whole deal is like, you know, what with all the the recent like copyright strike and content ID stuff on YouTube. But I don't think that realistically they could implement that sort of thing like legally onto live streams. Um, I think if they if that would happens, try to automate it, if mm, they did, because I don't can't... know if you can on a live stream. Though. You can. YouTube does it. YouTube has pulled but, down live streams, but because the thing like is, copyrighted music played, even though the people had the rights to it. Like, <sighs> and like, isn't it that a thing that people do on Twitch? Like yeah. what I'm saying is, people... you go to Twitch to see streamers. Their whole like motif is that it's streamers playing games. They like the fact that they are able to stream all these games at all anyway. It's kind of a testament to the fact that they are not infringing on the rights of the game owners. Like, I guess you could still say it's you could be fearful about streaming like with music in the background, but like yeah. you could still I think you could still make the argument that like, okay, the music's on in the background, my streamers are coming to watch me. Like, they could watch anybody play this game or listen to this music, but they are watching me, and that is my defense, and I think that's pretty solid defense not like i i, I, do, I, I think do too. That's, that's, that's the defense of the youtubers too though and it doesn't yeah. always work the, tra the tragic yeah, no, part is that I the don't... people handing out the tickets aren't human they're yeah. right you know what i mean and like it, okay it's it's automated yeah it's not human it automatically detects if there's copyrighted material in the background and also the stuff that streamers and us on youtube do is talk about copyrighted materials and like, I've seen presentations by lawyers trying to talk about this stuff. Like, a 100% clean, legal, public performance that has no copyright infringement whatsoever is completely original content. And I mean, you know, from our perspective, we kind of have to defend ourselves, but the stuff we do, it's not totally a 100% original content production. Like, yeah. a video game review is going to be showing clips from that video game or referencing the intellectual property of that video game even if you don't. Uh -huh. 
And I guess the reason why I see it as a bad thing is that Twitch has um, generally been looked upon as a kind of safe haven for video game content producers from YouTube to go to in case shit gets worse. Yeah. And uh, if they implement the same systems that they do on YouTube onto Twitch, then it's not going to be that. Now Google's trying to just drive their... Oh my God. But it, I mean, it's not like they kind of have to. Uh, it's, it's not like they're evil mustache twirling villains. They, they This came out of the product of a, I think it was a $7 billion lawsuit with Viacom. If I don't know, it was a while ago when I did that video. But a really freaking expensive lawsuit with Viacom has pushed them towards encouraging original content, but they also have to regulate it to some extent, and the content ID system is a way to do that. The problem is that it's not very well engineered. Yeah. Which also stems from the fact that it's automated, which is also another problem or solution if you're looking at it from YouTube's terms. Because honestly, <laughs> no human is going to have the time to regulate this stuff with their with their squishy, mushy human brains and <laughs> yeah. faces. I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. It's it's a, obviously a very broad, broad subject, and it's something that, like I said earlier, we can't really do anything but speculate on on like not completely confirmed news like <laughs> this, this could be this could be completely 100% fake we don't know that because it's maybe like maybe it is variety like, though right i mean like i'm not i'm not saying that i doubt it but i'm saying that there is no there's no official statement from either twitch nor youtube and there's no hard evidence that we can use to be like this is the facts and we are talking about them so like I think, like, I don't know. It's kind of silly to to make any sort of judgments until if yeah, and when it actually happens. But I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's a scary I, thought. I, I think it's an interesting thought. But you're I, you're just yeah. a glass half full kind of person. <laughs> and while we we appreciate it, it's uh, it's nice to have some balance for all the all the negativity on the internet, Jimmy. Well, no, I mean, I it's just talk. I, I mean, we don't know what's gonna happen. But I would yeah. like to see Twitch get. Uh, switch to adopt YouTube's user experience values like right now it's awesome like it's like on YouTube mm -hmm. it's more convenient like I can find already recorded videos pretty well but yeah, just yeah. the other day like there was this channel that I wasn't subscribed to that next to their channel it said that they were live streaming and I tried to find a way to get to the live stream but there was <laughs> no way to get to it and then with yeah. Twitch like they have like they have like video on demand like fragmentation where yeah. they have highlights but then also normal videos and to search those is a pain in the butt like you can't yeah, you can't find like already recorded videos like you can on YouTube and with YouTube you can't really find live streams really well I'd like to see them combine them and do something Yeah really well cool. the deal with Twitch is that you like it seems like you can only find what your art what you already know is there like Correct. twitch twitch is the ila de muerte from from pirates of the caribbean like you you know a good stream is already going and you know who's streaming what game so you go there and you find it but yeah. if you didn't know that you wouldn't find them like yeah. there have been only one or two times where i like stumbled upon a magnificent stream like accidentally Definitely. Like, oh, yeah, that hopefully. is one thing that makes YouTube kind of different. Is like, yeah, like if you're interested in retro streams, yeah, forget about it. you have to like manually <laughs> cherry pick and like. 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. Hopefully, the uh, the economy of finding really great streams on Twitch <laughs> and really great content on YouTube will continue to stay strong because we will be able to support ourselves from these messages. When is too much, too much? To find out, we crammed everything into Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. 60 more levels, massive enemies, huge Yoshi tricks, all served up with the latest graphic technology, Morph Nation. Mm -hmm. Sure you don't have room for another little bonus level? Uh-oh. <laughs> Super Mario World 2, only on the Super NES. Still the big one. Hey everybody, this is Vernon Shaw from Hot Pepper Gaming. Ignore the 2 chains beat in the background, for some reason I promised Alex I would put that in there. Anyway, I'm here to talk to you guys today about Scare to Care. Scare to Care is Hot Pepper Gaming's annual charity fundraiser to support Camp Kesem, an organization that puts on yearly summer camps for the children of cancer patients. It's a really important thing to all of us at Scare to Care, and we're really excited to do this. It's actually, it existed before Hot Pepper Gaming did, so this is our fourth year putting it on. And it's going to be even bigger and better than last year. What it is is a 48-hour live stream of horror video games on twitch.tv slash scare to care. There are plenty of special guests, plenty of prizes that we get to give away, and plenty of scares and sleep deprivation. It is just a 48-hour party slash sleepover that we want you all to come to. So, go to twitch.tv slash scare to care to check it out. It's May 23rd through 25th, starting at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have fun. Hello once again. My name's George, and I have my friends Jimmy Jordan and Satchel with me, and we are uh, returning for new stories that don't fit the bombshell announcements. Good lord, that is a vague theme, but yeah. anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, returning on to something that um, might be less less important, just some more uh, more simple pleasures in life. We could mm. just talk about how our weeks have been going. How have uh, <laughs> how have you been, Jimmy? I've been doing pretty all right. I recently, recently took a, a dive back into uh, the Binding of Isaac because I know Binding of Isaac Rebirth is getting closer and closer, and I wanted to get more familiar with the game because I know a lot of people have like literally like thousand hours put into the original. So I want to like become more acquainted so that the changes in the new one make a lot more sense to me and like are more interesting you know so that's yeah. been my week pretty much i've tried it a few times i've had a hell of a good time with it but um i i don't know i don't i don't really want to get into a game unless i like set aside time in my life to commit to it and of binding course, of isaac yeah. is like on my list after ftl and right now ftl is driving me nuts ooh, 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 ftl that's it is that's when i was playing the other infuriating week infuriating me yeah that, that's like, the one where you get to the, the third stage of the flagship and then you die and you're like, well, oh, don't great. even I haven't gotten to the flagship yet. Like, I'm really bad at it. Like, yeah, it's it's tough. It has been a long time since I felt this bad at a game. Like, I beat <laughs> Dark Souls six times in a week when I was doing my video review of it. I can't get to the flagship in FTL once. <laughs> what difficulty are you on? Normal. Oh, OK, I, I started on easy. Oh. I'd say I'd say give it a try on easy. Oh, my God. I might. I might if this keeps up. Jordan, how have you been? Um, I've been okay. I've been playing um, a lot how, of... How are things down there in the darkness? The, the same as they've the always been, but I've been, I've been playing a lot of Zelda games lately just for the purpose of a new video I'm working on. Ooh. Um, Which ones? Right now I'm in the middle of Majora's Mask, beating Ooh, the... The best. Freaking... Speaking of the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> 
I actually like Ocarina of Time more than Majora's Mask. I think a lot of people already know that, but... Um, I actually didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, I actually... It, it scared me more as a kid than Majora's Mask did. <laughs> I, I was going to touch on that in the video, actually. Because <laughs> Ocarina of Time has some, like, horrifying imagery in it. Like, especially right when you turn into an adult. Oh, right when yeah. you exit the and, temple. Yeah, you wake yeah, up and yeah. there's like some Resident Evil shit right outside. Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That that uh yeah, the the like what is it? Market Town? Is it just called Market Town? Mm-hmm. It's yep. uh it's the mar- I don't know. The Market like, <laughs> You know, we, we, know, we know what you're talking Castle about. Town, but Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> right outside where all the like people that you saw being redeads now. That's like mm-hmm. super unsettling, but I think personally for me and i'm sure there are people who agree with me here the most unsettling thing from ocarina of time is the uh the shadow temple and under the well the dead hand the dead hand the dead hand hand. yeah Yeah. he's actually i don't know how they got away with that that in a d-rated game (laughs) yes believe it or not um dead hand is actually my favorite monster in any video game it's so cool (laughs) Like, back when I was going to do a top ten monsters list, I was always yeah. planning to put Dead Hand at number one. <laughs> Even He's over so every survival horror creature, Dead Hand is Satchel, beautiful. How, how has your week been? My week's been pretty good. Um, I started it off by playing the Stanley Parable for the first time, which was a lot of fun. Oh. Um, and uh, I have been playing a lot of Transistor. Oh, playing and streaming yeah, a lot of Transistor. Yeah, Transistor! Oh, that's, <laughs> Virtual um, bump. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's what I have been doing with my week too. I was planning on reviewing it, so I ended up asking, requesting a copy of it, and they let me have one two days before launch. Hey, I got my video out on time. Damn, I freaking love it. It's um, gosh, I I, I don't even know where to begin. I guess ha- have you played Bastion? Yes, I played and beat Bastion. Yeah, okay. So let's begin there. Let's uh, comparisons to Bastion. Have any of you guys played Bastion? Yes, I have played the intro of Bastion. Well, the intro is a great part of Bastion, <laughs> and I think when you compare the intro of these two games, you see what they've what they've done differently to uh, a greater extent than when you compare them as a whole. Because mm-hmm. that first five minutes of Bastion is such a delicately paced first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like you can tell that they. They worked their ass off <laughs> for those first five minutes to a greater extent than a lot of other parts of the game. Because, uh-huh. like, you hear six different music tracks by the time that first five minutes is over, and you go through the loops of, like, every general combat style the bow, the gun, and the right. melee hammer all at once. And, and right. they do such you a good job at hearing the gravitas of the story. Right <laughs> Yeah, they do, because you have a narrator who is a really cool cowboy jazz man. <laughs> cowboy jazz man, yeah. Yeah, he's totally a cowboy jazz man, but the first five <laughs> minutes of Transistor begin on a much much weirder note, a much mm-hmm. more... Um, abstract, there's a lot unconventional. of abstractions. Yeah, and that's, that's one thing I want to think about is doing a follow-up video to my review that is just going to attempt to explain what the hell is going on in this story. Because um, in Transistor, you don't necessarily have the guiding hand of that narrator right. explaining things to you in the same way as you do in Bastion. Right. It's not like dramatic irony. He's kind of learning alongside you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He's he's more of a sidekick than a narrator. And uh, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Like I still love it, but I don't know if it's like given me the same 
the same chills and the same hype that that Bastion did, but okay. it seems like uh, the studio can really do no wrong with the with the level of competency and polish and talent that they have on there right now. Polish for sure. I, I I've definitely mm-hmm. I've definitely gotten this. I've I've gotten similar tier uh, chills and hype. <laughs> <laughs> similar okay, tier well, chills and hype playing this game. I think a lot of it having to do with a lot of it having to do with the aesthetics. Um, right, right. There were two cool things gorgeous. I noticed. This may or may not be relevant. <laughs> it's it's going to sound really weird and nerdy, but mm-hmm. essentially, I, I like how the environment is this. I, it's been a while since I've seen an environment in a game that is so close to being completely original. And I know that that kind of sounds weird because at first you're like, no, man, like this is cyberpunk, right? But it's like this weird east and please like chime in if you kind of see what I'm saying like it's like this weird east meets west combination of like this neo like Tokyo cybernetic metropolis right you kind of see that in the background all the time and then mm-hmm. also the, and then the west kind of comes from this concept art for the uh like Protoss in like Starcraft. I don't know. I just see <laughs> oh, both of yeah. them together. Like there's something really cool yeah. about that. And the way that they use like I'm a sucker for for like the use of light, like the anamorphic lens flares. Some people are like, oh man, Star Trek, it's just lens flares everywhere. It's like, no, dude, that's awesome. Like there's nothing that communicates like a bright, like crazy future quite like lens flares all over the place. I'm guilty right. of using them all over the place. That's one I thing, really I, and it feels weird. It feels so weird seeing lens flares like painted, right? Like that's not so cool, like yeah. not cheap, like rendered lens flares. Like someone actually got their hand down there on this piece of artwork and drew the lens flare themselves, yeah. I, I, and that makes all the difference in the world. Seriously, it's been a while since I've seen like hand-drawn diffusions and that's also like an additional like just an additional level of effort hand-drawing everything like it's one thing to have I mean we're so familiar with like two and a half D games where like you have like this hand-drawn aspect and then it's like oh you want to use light you want to use a special effect just render some particles and put that in there Mm -hmm. like it's it's always been like a standard efficient way of like combining the two but to bring one into to, to bring one into the 2D space where it's a lot more difficult to execute was also really cool. That, yeah, that is really cool. What, one, one more point. One more point. It's really <laughs> weird. It's it. really cool. Is like, um, I love how... So the biggest challenge... Uh, f- what I find is like the biggest challenge uh, in isometric games is having an... How do I say it? I'm like a, a normal part. Like... Having an aesthetic suspense of disbelief in a kind of way. So making people believe that something is, like, real, even though they know that it's not real, like, visually. Yeah, of course. And it, a, a, lot of, a lot of ways people do that is creating some kind of sense of depth. And, like, isometric planes, it's like the heart, like, that's like the hardest kind of environment to work with. Because it always feels video gamey. Like, think about Farmville or anything. Like, all of these bloatware games and, like, these really uh-huh. old games or mobile games are associated with... I, with an isometric plane and mm-hmm. they stuck with the isometric plane but in Bastion what they did was they had the plane they had whatever land he was walking through f- fell behind him and you saw this background and it created it was this depth depth of blur exactly yeah. depth of field blur in the background it made it feel like you were part of this big moving living world versus Farmville you don't really feel and, that way it feels very siloed in Transistor, it's more like a depth of field foreground. Exactly. You'll be walking across a bridge, and then you see, like, Gaussian blurred, like, 
like Christmas lights hanging from like the mm-hmm. top, and there, there's all these from the top yeah. instead of behind you. Oh my you. gosh, that blew my mind. It was like. Really it's like such that. an obvious answer, like, and they thought of it. I mean, it's not an obvious answer. It's one of those answers that's so good, it seems obvious when you see it, but no one ever thinks about it. It was so cool. Well, and it's, like, surprising <laughs> yeah. how, like, envir- like environmentally stimulating little things like that can be. Mm. Just, like, little yeah, touches. They, they add a lot. And so, like, one thing I want to talk about is, is uh, the cyberpunk aspect to it. I kind of want to be careful about using that word about this game because, um... Like it's it's in the future where everyone has like some kind of digital technology incorporated into their daily lives on a very mundane level, like in a cyberpunk story. But mm. it's not a dystopia, no. like in a cyberpunk. Right. It is very much a utopia, right. in fact. Right, yeah, I think it looks more like the, a utopia than. Yeah, like you you don't see any like trash or um decay or old Grime buildings like right. <laughs> like if you, like if in you can a lot of cyberpunk you see returns. Mm-hmm. It's like, like it is dark it is bold it's like purple and gold but it's not it's uh it doesn't have the same grime to it that a cyberpunk setting does and i think that might also go a long way towards making it feel a bit unique i'm kind of i'm kind of getting the hints that um that the there's a metaphorical representation about about this utopia reflecting the the process of making something creatively versus making something mechanically which is why the bad guy is the process but whatever i'll get i'll get into that later on in an actual video that i'll make and i don't know if that's a really stretchy stretchy metaphor but i'm still i'm still working on it but yeah i don't know if you've beat the game yet satchel have you i haven't I am okay. three well, hours deep, so I guess a little when, over when you halfway. do, me and you, or well, you and I need to need to start talking about what we thought <laughs> of the story because it 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 doesn't explain itself clearly. Right now, I guess right now I'm technically halfway in, and I'm at a place where, and this isn't a complaint. I'm I'm at a place where I still feel like I have like the corner puzzle pieces of what's going on, like. It's very hard for I, I yeah. still I'm still not exactly sure what's going on in the narrative, and I'm not sure if, if they've intentionally written in a way that I'm just in the dark and just kind of like running with the mechanics and the visuals, and the narrative is going to kick in and I'm going to go oh, or you might if they I have reveal to play more, multiple times, which I'm okay with. I'm used to being slow. Yeah, you, you should. It's like a six-hour game too if you um skip out on the optional stuff, and when you go through New Game Plus, they actually change up some details throw in some new detail and i don't know maybe around like it was the day after i played new game plus that i was like oh okay i feel like doing a lot of like i'm doing a lot of final fantasy 13ing meaning like reading a lot of stuff so that i can get a better understanding of like my context and everything that's going on like because right. you know they have like and- a whole bunch of like little text details like on things and Around and Bastion, Bastion had flavor text in it too, but not to the same extent. And I feel like <laughs> that's text. one of the things that might um is that a real term? I can flavor text, yeah, yeah I like flavor that. text. That's cool. No, that's like an actual <laughs> game design textbook definition for for what we're talking about. Like that's like a, really arbitrary descriptions of stuff. Flavor text is like when you pull a Magic the Gathering card. And there's like it's like oh this card does this and this oh, and this, okay, but it. then at the bottom there's like a little quote and it's like 
uh, this thing has consumed the souls of millions. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I understand. Sweet. Can you do I the guess what text the podcast gives you flavor? <laughs> yes, you should. <clears throat> speaking so, of flavor text. Speaking of not necessarily flavor text, but flavor, um, a Zelda flavored. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Get no. out. <laughs> Okay, okay. Oh, no. a, a Zelda flavored topic is about to come up again. We touched on this earlier. We touched on a bit of Zelda earlier, this but was, moving on, no. moving on to on one. to the next topic. the The marketing push for Hyrule Warriors has begun. Yep, it's begun. It was just yesterday, actually, that they released a new um, batch of screenshots that's a, a, a good deal more of the game right. than we saw from the reveal trailer from a few months ago. But uh, now we have a bit of a better grasp on the character. Apparently Vati is in it, Impa is in it, and there's a new villain who's like a boob lady. Yeah. <laughs> Has Zelda had a boob lady before? Well, Not, I guess... I mean, I okay, like, yes and no. Because... The in Ocarina of Time specifically, I guess would be the big best example. All of the the, the Gerudus, yeah. Oh, okay, the Great Fairy, of course. <laughs> like it's never really shied away from having the potential of having a boob lady, but since they like passed the level of fidelity in Ocarina of Time, where you could then depict boobs, yeah, to a level where they actually looked like boobs and less like prisms, the Egyptian pyramids, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, well here I'm going to I'm going to link you guys an image. Uh, this is the, it, the. I think the closest they've ever gotten to this character is uh, oh, what's her name? Oh God, what is uh, what is she from? Who are we looking at? Uh, okay, she's from Oracle of Ages. She's the main villain. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, now. Let me find the name. Let me find the name. I'm sorry that I don't. Varen, V E R A N, Varen. And also, it's funny if you look at Impa in. <laughs> In the Oracles games, she's also very boobsy, but more in like a. More, I mean, I mean, just look at that's the best word to describe her in that. <laughs> Was my aunt Bosomy? Uh, it's not Bosomy. They like, uh, they've got Seinfeld to be somewhere. What about what about right, like but, Thelma from? But like, okay, with Varen, you could see she obviously has the same sort of like very bust centralized costume like obviously the looking points on her costume are her chest and her like exposed stomach so like that's the closest that I would say it's ever gone but this new boobs lady from (laughs) from uh uh from Hyrule Warriors seems more along the lines of like uh Ivy from Soul Calibur or just a Soul Calibur character in general she looks very like unnaturally exposed mm-hmm. like it doesn't look like that clothing makes any physical sense it looks that chilly. makes sense <laughs> i think she she'd be the now, most exposed yet not counting the great fairies but right but the great fairies was like n64 graphics which like like you can't even yeah, really it count really, that it really doesn't <laughs> i mean I don't know. the <laughs> implication is there but the depiction is only like halfway there yeah and I guess I, I guess because I, like, I I just linked you guys a picture of Telma from Twilight Princess, but Twilight Princess was right. rated teen, so it's a bit of a different situation, I guess. Yeah, I don't um, know. I mean, like, oh, we can't make any real judgments on her character until <laughs> the game comes out, right? Right. And I, I mean, just implying but that she's the it? witch and the bad guy of the of the game, but it, and and know. they already gave her a backstory. A backstory. They like released um, minor spoils. I don't know if I should explain what I've read so far, but they have 
explain her motives, and it's um, it's a bit weird. Uh, I like her. Maybe you got, do you guys know what I'm talking about? I have not, I have not uh, heard this okay. yet. Well, I don't. Do you guys care about spoilers or not? <laughs> okay, we'll put a spoiler alert right here. I don't. I don't mind, especially. Okay, I don't know. Um, the Switch character, mm -hmm. apparently her motivation is that she has a crush on Link, <laughs> but is jealous of his relationship with Zelda. Oh boy. So like a certain degree of her being evil and an antagonist, um, kind of, kind of stems off of that fact. Are you sure she's, she's the main antagonist? No, I don't. I'm not sure she's the main okay, one, but she's like not. an antagonist. Uh, like I think I've seen a couple of screenshots where Vaddy was in there too somewhere, and then the story descriptions they also hint that Ganondorf might show up, or Ganon Ganondorf, whatever, same thing. But um, okay. Do you guys think that this this boob lady mm -hmm. who is infatuated with our hero mm -hmm. has anything to do with with uh, Team Ninja co-developing this game? Yes. Really? Yes. Why do you think that? <laughs> okay, well, I mean, first of all, uh, if I could just draw the attention of the podcastees, the people listening, uh, mm -hmm. to Team Ninja and their previous connection and third-party game with Nintendo, which is Metroid Other M, uh, a game not really talked about for its gameplay, but rather for its... Uh, for what it did to the Metroid timeline and to all of Metroid <laughs> lore, it uh, did not take it in a good direction, as I think most people will agree on. I'm sure there are people who like it, but it's generally agreed upon that the uh, other M story was very poor. They <laughs> retconned a lot of the previous Metroid games and like made Samus based off of some like Metroid manga that had her with like PTSD and she's like not a very strong character anymore. Not that PTSD makes anybody weak, but I mean like it appears in a very weird manner in the storyline uh, and like in a way that makes all the other games like not make sense all at once. And also they just sexualized her, you know, a lot. Like, yeah, like look up Metroid Other M and like the screenshot you'll probably see is side profile Samus laying on some like like doctor table and just like boobs way up in the air for everybody to see but i don't know it's like they were the they were the main developer of that and now they're the side developer of this next to omega force who are the people who made uh dynasty warriors and so i feel like the link and impa are dynasty warriors or omega forces input and boobs lady is team ninja's input as far as i can see well and and i guess it's we can be thankful that Team Ninja might not be as responsible for the for the writing and story elements as they might have been right. with other M. Well, I was well, I was kind I mean, of expecting Hyrule Warriors to be kind of fanficy with how it's all <laughs> yeah, spin-off. Like it's not a mainline. Yeah. It, is it? It's not a mainline no, Zelda. It's not like, be a mainline it doesn't Zelda. have the hype it's that a mainline Zelda would have. Anyway, so. But right. <laughs> well, but there have been good games that haven't been made by Nintendo in the Zelda franchise. Well, true, <clears> and, and the Mario franchise. Yeah. Like, Capcom yeah. did the Oracle games and also the Minish Cap, and they were freaking rad. Yeah, the Oracle games are probably some of the best Game Boy games. They were yeah. very good. But at like, the same it, time, Oracle, Oracle villainous, boobs lady. <laughs> well, what, that, that's just like, that's just like her concept art, man. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I guess you don't know. Maybe that's her <laughs> nightgown, for all you know. I don't necessarily 
I can't say that I have no faith in them giving a beloved franchise to a third party like they did with the Oracle and Minish Cap games because it ended up fine then, but it's not Capcom this time, mm-hmm. and Team Ninja has a reputation for mucking up Nintendo franchises. Yes. So I'm still... And it's also not a mainline game, which mm-hmm. means that they might feel more comfortable with getting away with some things uh-huh. that that fans might not want them to get away with. So I'm still... I don't know. My hype is it like... I want to give it a, a 15% here. I'm not I'm 15% hyped. I've never played Dynasty Warriors, so I have no connection there. As a Zelda game, it doesn't They're not bad. They're great. I mean, I'm sure they're fine. I just never got around to playing them and I don't know. This game uh, if we're talking about hype meters, this game does not get me very super hyped. <laughs> and it's funny that you said thankfully Team Ninja will probably not be carrying the story when you just mentioned that the storyline is like like weird boobs lady with a crush on Link steals Zelda because oh. she's jealous. Doesn't you exactly think I'm already wrong? <laughs> maybe. Oh, man. Maybe. 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 But again, but it's another thing then, that we won't know until the game comes out. If they're so. like making the the female villain have a stupid story, that's like less less of a blow to the Zelda franchise <laughs> than like making the female hero of the Metroid franchise have a stupid story. I, I guess so. I guess you can say that. That's That's like a fair analysis of it like like boobs lady is not the main character <laughs> here no her but that. if she's the main villain then it kind of but it's also a side game Whereas i don't think other she's M the main like villain a, that's like a that's like a main story arc game that like kicked prime off the timeline being, did i mention that because it did that that's, did that's it. sad being a loyal yeah. fan of dynasty warriors for well i guess ever really <laughs> Have um, you? it's like that it's like that it's like that bad band you listen to as a kid, and every time a new album comes out, you just buy it because you always have. But like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like having They're kind of really been with it for a while, fun. thinking about thinking about the fact that this this Zelda title is falling in the vein of that mm-hmm. makes all this talk about narrative seem weird because. Dynasty Warriors is just not about the narrative. Like, just <laughs> expect a paper-thin narrative and to just cut up a bunch of dudes. Like, that's essentially right, so that's where the fun comes from. So, if I am if I am to to like uh, turn this into a a metaphor, what you're saying is that Dynasty Warriors is like a uh, oh I don't know, let's say like a Limp Bizkit, and and you know they may be terrible but you enjoy listening to them for some reason. And so, you know, Limp Bizkit collaborates with, uh, let's say, Daft Punk, and you're just going to expect Daft Punk's part to be, like, a little dumbed down because they're working with Limp Bizkit. Is that a, a fair analysis? Actually, hey... Yeah, that actually resolved well. Because yes, you know, <laughs> neither Team Ninja nor Koei have the same reputation that like '90s or early '80s Capcom had. Yeah, like yeah. Capcom was a seal of quality that these two names. Well, Once. I don't know. Team Ninja, kind of like the Ninja Gaiden games are pretty pretty nice, but uh, I think I think D- those are DOA two different teams. isn't like. Ninja Gaiden is a Ninja Theory game, isn't it? Uh, Ninja Theory and Team Ninja are two different people, yeah. I believe. Ninja, Th- oh, Ninja God, Theory no, is DMC. Oh, sorry, yeah, Team you're Ninja totally right. They're like different side of the world. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry for getting my ninjas confused. But yeah, I guess what I mean to say is that um, Team Ninja and uh, Tecmo Koei, who are now 
What what is it? Omega something? Omega Force. Omega Force is apparently what Koei is called these days, <laughs> but they don't. It's not the same seal of quality that that classic Capcom was. Right. Right. Mm. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we have a really funny story to tell. The first review of Watch Dogs has oh hit the internet this week. Um, have you guys ever heard of a website called WCCF Tech? Nope. No. Wussuf Tech. Wussuf Tech. A little bit. Wussuf Tech gave Watch Dogs a 7.2 about a week and a half before the game was launched, three days after it went gold. And um, this review, like, you're reading through it, and it's, it is incredible. <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible review, but you just have to um, appreciate the, the artistry behind sentences. Like, this is a few paragraphs down. The, the reviewer says, The main weapon of choice for Aiden Pierce is his ultimate cell phone, which is the cent... Which is the central thing to his power. <laughs> that line. The central thing to his power. I, I saw you retweet a tweet that just said that, like yeah. the week, like a week ago. And yeah. at first, at first, I thought it was like, <laughs> like one of those funny, like what is it, what is it called, like like, like English dumb, dumb Twitter like oh. profiles where they just post this like artistically weird nonsense that like is funny for like a nonsensical way and so I laughed at it because I thought that's what it was but it was from this review which makes it even funnier like okay this it brings up a whole bunch of interesting questions though about like the legitimacy of reviews and the necessity of embargo dates and whatnot right but by all accounts it seems like this review was not written by by someone who has a solid grasp on the English language by someone who is a professional video game Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah like his bio says he worked for PC Gamer I like googled his name and and searched PC gamer and nothing was coming up. Yeah. Like and and the quality of the writing kind of hints you off to that fact. Right, but right. um everything about it doesn't look legit. The game went gold three days beforehand. He talks about having a quote unquote supplier managing to get him a copy pre release, but the fact is I, I don't even know if at this point in time, like I think Watch Dogs is out leaking in retail right now, but a few days ago when this hit, I don't know if they had their first manufacturing run done yet. Like, everything about this review seems not legit. Yeah. And it might as well have been, like, based off of closed beta footage, but Mm -hmm. the next day, um... Ubisoft made a tweet criticizing the review where they they flavored it in the alternate universe Watch Dogs marketing lingo and said... Hackers have attempted to infiltrate our system and post false reviews of Watch Dogs. All valid reviews will emerge at release on May 27th. Um, Great. Which is interesting, because they call the embargoed reviews the valid reviews. Right. Which, I mean, it's not like they're wrong. I see what they're talking about there. But at the same time, and and I totally see how this review by Wusuf Tech is not a valid review, Mm -hmm. but... Right now, the game has leaked on the internet. People are playing it, which is to be expected of a AAA title a couple days before launch. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, player reviews are going to start pouring in now right. before the embargoed professional reviews do. And I guess, how do you know which ones you should be, uh, you should be trusting? Like, what do you mean? Like, <clears throat> are we allowed to make a consensus opinion 
about a game that has not officially launched at retail and thus had the review embargo lifted, but is still fully available to people who can play it and judge it through illegitimate means, but judge it through legitimate... Who can play it through illegitimate means, but judge it through legitimate means. Right, like getting essentially... Basically, I, I user reviews. Saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, of course, I, I feel like that's just something that's left up to the discretion of of each and every individual. You know, like I don't know. It it seems like a thing where like you can trust this like janky review if you really want to, but like, but you shouldn't. Like you shouldn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> frankly, you shouldn't. I don't know. It just seems like one of those like a classic like. Well, I mean, I I could buy the snake oil. Or I could just go to a doctor. Like, I don't but it's like it's free. It's not like he's charging I, yeah, right, anyone I know. for it anything. Was a, that was so a bad not, analogy. I, I well, used up all my analogy powers earlier. So no one is going to lose anything by reading this review, except for maybe Ubisoft themselves. Like I don't know if your average consumer is going to be gullible enough to think this review is legit. But Ubisoft already has like a seven point two stamped on this game. Um, that. And that's coloring the tone for the launch reception. That's probably, uh, I don't know, like, I, I was hyped for Watch Dogs, like, last year. But ever since then, my hypometer has, has just gone flaccid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. this, um, I guess what I mean to say is that this doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that because, like, like... the review didn't talk about how great it was. <laughs> like, I, like, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, if any random person on the street just yelled at you, Burger King's not good... Then you like you'd now have that image in your head of some random that who may or may have that's, not actually that's eaten the Burger image King. You're associating with the product. Well, I guess it depends uh, yeah, on where it comes okay. from. Because like, what makes the difference between a professional troll and someone who's like legitimately out to harm? You know. Yeah, the term professional I, troll scares me. I like that term. I don't think. I don't think this reviewer is a professional troll. I think he's just someone who's looking to make a quick buck. Well, as we all know, being in this business, you, yeah. the quick buck you make off of this stuff is not a lot of bucks, <laughs> but someone looking to make a quick a buck. buck off of ad yeah, views. Yeah, I was going to say literally one quick buck. Like, he might be able to go out and buy Burger King now. Full <laughs> yeah. oh. circle. <laughs> Boom. There you go. All right, moving on. We have uh, one last topic. Yeah, do you yeah. guys want to talk about the Oculus Rift, or do you want to talk about Night Trap? I would... Uh, I'll say Oculus Rift. Yeah, I will too. Okay. Zenimax is suing Oculus Rift over um, technology that was allegedly developed at Zenimax, but then brought over to Oculus Rift from John Carmack, who was an employer at Zenimax before... He was an employee at Zenimax before he was an employee at Oculus. This happened on May 21st when um, they started suing each other. That was actually just yesterday, and they mm -hmm. had hinted at this earlier this month. Zenimax made claims on May 1st that uh, Carmack had taken tech developed with Zenimax over to Oculus, which uh, he then tweeted by saying, basically, no you. <laughs> <laughs> he said um, on Twitter that Oculus uses zero lines of code that I wrote while under contract to Zenimax. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is um kind of a straightforward topic. I guess it's basically going to be how these judges interpret the contracts, but I don't know, like from from my perspective, I don't know about you guys, but this really doesn't look good on Zenimax because if they really have been developing a VR head-mounted display all these years, they have had nothing to show for it this whole time. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what their contracts look like. 
but it doesn't look good on them from what I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm reading... I uh, I mean, here's a rabbit hole. I'm reading a couple of the comments on the Kotaku article. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this person kind of has it right. I will hold my judgment until we know more about this. I know many won't do it and we'll just be blaming Zenimax. That sounds like an accurate statement because... I mean, like, granted, Zenimax, unless this is a completely legitimate thing, which it doesn't sound like it is, they're kind of not doing a good thing by, like, attacking Oculus, which is a very, like, user, not user, a very, like, internet-friendly entity, I guess. Yeah, like, they've released all of their drivers so far for the Rift open source. Like, you can get on GitHub and download them and tweak them yourself right now. Right, (laughs) but, like, what I'm saying is, like, a big corporation or a a big company like ZeniMax isn't, like... They're not like, oh, yeah, ZeniMax, I like those guys. Like, it's just ZeniMax. Whereas ZeniMax is, is an ambiguous, like, conglomerate. Yeah, whereas Ocu- like the Oculus Rift guys, people are, like, rooting for them. People paid them money in a Kickstarter to make a thing, and they're, like, you know, on their side. So whether or not ZeniMax is in the right, this is a poorly thought-out move on their part. Yeah, they you know. got those Facebook lawyers. Also, that <laughs> Facebook money. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! They're now. up against Facebook now. They're not just up against Oculus. Yeah. You know what's funny? Oculus has what's funny? I didn't even know Carmack was like still around. Like I thought he like. <laughs> oh no! I don't blame you actually. Like ever since Doom. Like what did he do? He made the mega texture. Gosh! In like 2009, a couple of games using mega texture have come out. Like he just like, like okay, Quake disappeared Wars, from Rage, my... and the new Wolfenstein used tech that Carmack helped develop, but he hasn't like had his name associated with those games like he did with Doom. Oh, Rage! And um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why everyone interpreted him moving over to Oculus as good news because the id ship has been sinking for a long while now. Yeah. Like I, I don't know um, how deep down this rabbit hole you guys have gotten but very very few of the original doom staff remain on there they're doing arguably cooler stuff well kind of i mean john romero made facebook games and okay well whatever (laughs) oculus is cooler than anything that um that it has pushed out lately yeah I, I, if you get on Glassdoor and look at employee reviews of what it's like to work there, you just see nightmare stories of, of like really poor management and underfunded it's offices. That's kind of how yeah. it's been since day one. <laughs> I mean, if you well, I, no, maybe not, maybe not I, Id I, I technically. I'm thinking more like the studio that branched off and made yeah, what call it, um, disaster mm. game, whatever it was called, Daikatana, yeah. <laughs> Ion, Storm. Ion Storm, yeah, Ion Storm wasn't it that was um john romero was involved with them for a good while that was of course yeah because daikatana but they made um dosex and daikatana i think they also had something to do with the original rainbow six games which were pretty darn neat but i don't i don't know for sure i might be wrong about that (laughs) okay but anyways um zinemax suing oculus i mean i'm sure they either know or don't know what we're doing but we know even less Booze, Zinemax, I guess, question mark. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, like, obviously it's another thing where, like, we don't really know, so we can't really pick a side, but just judging from the public image of this whole thing, it it just kind of seems like a cut and dry, like, 
Zenimax is just being Zenimax like, wants a piece of that pie. They're just being like a. They, it looks like they're just being like like what they're getting Facebook money and they're making things and it's working. What I wanted, but that. they're making it with like their former <laughs> yeah. hotshot, essentially genius John Carmack. Yeah. I feel like I hear oh, about this like all the time too. <laughs> Like, John Carmack was a VR enthusiast before he went to Oculus Rift. He was one of the biggest backers of the Oculus itself. He was in their Kickstarter video. Right. So it's not like he was not working on this stuff while he was employed with Zenimax. I guess what they have to find out is whether he was working on this stuff in his free time or on their time. Yeah. Anyways, I think um, that wraps up most of the stuff that yeah. we were going to talk about this week. Unless there's it. anything else you guys want to throw in. Oh, excuse me. No, I think I'm actually uh, <laughs> that answers that question. Quite tired. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. I hope we were able to arouse and excite oh, you sufficiently. <laughs> Remember that you can find all of us on YouTube at our respective channels. And every week on Friday, we're going to try to have another one of these new podcasts right on the TV TOVG homepage mm-hmm. under the features tab. And we are also now on iTunes. Hey, yeah, yeah, iTunes. We were on the new the and noteworthy upcoming cool stuff. Yeah, new <laughs> and noteworthy tab. If you found us there, or if you have since migrated from the website over to the iTunes, um, please be sure to rate us five stars, and we will somehow find a way to return the favor. <laughs> we're uh, actually discussing ways to get user submitted reviews or um messages incorporated into the show somehow we're Mm -hmm. going to be working that over the next couple weeks but until then feel free to hop in the forums and contribute over there i think we all have fairly active accounts on the tovg forums as well i know i actually have a ama thread running and so does so does jimmy this week yeah yeah one too amas are fun and And we hope to see you there of course if you if you found us through itunes since that's now a thing uh we're not (laughs) exclusive to our website we are now on itunes uh Go check out our website at thatonevideogamer.com. And there's, you know, we're posting videos up there. They're posting articles, user-submitted content, features for our community. And check out the forums where you could be featured if you're, you know, in our community. And, you know, it's a cool place to connect about games. And, well, it's pretty much where this podcast came from. So, yeah, you should do that. It's where all the cool kids hang out. We all hang out on there, so. Yeah, it's like where we chill in our free time. (laughs) We hope to see you guys there, and we hope you have a good week. Until then, have a good week. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.